0: Now a bishop must be above reproach, married only once, temperate, sensible, respectable, hospitable and an apt teacher, not a drunkard, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, keeping his children submissive and respectful in every way. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, for he may be puffed up with conceit and fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace and the snare of the devil. Deacons likewise must be serious, not double-tongued, not indulging in much wine, not greedy for money. They must all fast to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience and let them first be tested. Then, if they prove themselves blameless, let them serve as deacons. Women likewise must be serious, not slanderers, but temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be married only once. Let them manage their children and their households well. For those who serve well as deacons. Gain a good standing for themselves. Great boldness in the faith. That is in Jesus Christ. I hope that. I hope to come to see you very soon. But I am writing these instructions. So that. If I am delayed you may know. How our one heart to behave. In the household of God. Which is the church of the living God. The pillar and bullet of truth. Without any doubt, the mystery of our religion is great. He was revealed in flesh, vindicated in spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed by Gentiles, believed in throughout the world. Taken up in glory. May God grant us understanding of that.
1: Well, as a a church, we're working our way through the book of uh, Timothy. And uh, we've been doing that for a couple of weeks now. And uh, we're thinking about the church uh, and how it works. Or how it doesn't always work. (laughs) And uh, we're basing it around this this idea that Paul uh, tells Timothy why he's writing. He says, although I hope to come to you soon, I'm writing to you these instructions so that if I'm delayed you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household which is the church of the living God. So it's a manual really. Uh, An instruction on the church and uh, and how it works. And we began by looking at the church and its message in chapter 1. And we saw that uh, it was about teaching the truth. It was about preaching the gospel. And it was about reaching the goal. And then a couple of weeks ago we were looking at the church uh, and its members. And we were saying how uh, uh, important it was uh, to uh, belong to the church. The importance of belonging. The importance of praying together. And uh, the importance of participating. And uh, we were saying how important it is, uh, membership in the local church. And today we're continuing and we're thinking about the church and its management. We're thinking about how the church is ordered, how it runs. Um, We're thinking about uh, how the church orders itself. And one of the questions, you know, we ask is, who's in charge? Uh, very often, isn't, you know, somebody will come to the... If somebody comes to the church door, they want to know who's in charge. And uh, very often, if I, if I come, uh, they, they, I'm not what they're expecting. They're looking for somebody uh, maybe in a suit or a dog collar. And, uh, you know, very often they want to know who's in charge. I came across this little story about... Uh, uh, in the darkest place of the night, a ship's captain cautiously piloted his warship through the fog shrouded waters. With straining eyes, he scanned the hazy darkness, searching for dangers lurking just out of sight. Then his worst fears were re- realised when he saw a bright light straight ahead. It appeared to be a vessel on collision course with his ship. To avert disaster, he quickly radioed the oncoming vessel. This is Captain Jeremiah Smith, his voice crackled over the radio. Please alter your course, ten degrees south, over. To the captain's amazement, the foggy image did not move. Instead he heard back on the radio, Captain Smith, this is Private Thompson Johnson. Please alter your course, ten degrees north, over. Appalled at the audacity of this message, the captain shouted back over the radio, Private Johnson, this is Captain Smith, and I order you immediately, alter your course, ten degrees south. Second the time, second time, the oncoming light didn't budge. With all due respect, Captain, came over the Private's voice. I order you to alter your course immediately ten degrees north over. Angered and frustrated that this impudent, impudent tailor would engage, endanger the lives of his men and crew, the Captain growled back over the radio. Private Johnson, I can have you court-martialed for this. For the last time, I command you on the authority of the United States Government to alter your course ten degrees to the south. I am a battleship, fully armed and prepared to fire. Private's tra- final transmission was chilling. Captain Smith, sir, once again, with all due respect, I command you to alter your course ten degrees to the north. I am a lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in charge? Who's in charge? Well, let's just, uh, let's just uh, paint a bit of a, a picture um, of uh, where we are. Because uh, as a church... Uh, we're part of, the, of, of this thing called the Baptist Union of, of, of Great Britain. Um, and uh, we come under that umbrella um, of, uh, of, of, a, of, a, of a, a collection of Baptist churches, uh, colleges, and, uh, and also associations, because we're also part of the Northwest Baptist Association. Um, But neither of those organisations are in charge of this little church in Lund Baptist Church. Uh, The Baptist Union of Great Britain has uh, has some charge and authority over me as uh, as an accredited minister of the Baptist Union of Great Britain. And we'll be talking a little bit about uh, the role of the minister next week when we look at the church and its minister. But this week we're looking at the church and its management. Uh, But that just shows you how we fit in uh, the picture. And and it's good to know that we belong. We were talking last week about the importance of belonging to the local church. It's good at times to remind us that we belong to something bigger. And uh, and there's a sense in which uh, these different organisations that we are very much a part of uh, do in some sense uh, have a certain amount of authority that they can give, but each individual church makes its own mind up at the end of the day and so uh, that's where we fit in 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 the bigger picture and uh, when Timothy is writing uh, to the church um, at Ephesus and he's writing to Timothy and instructing him and what he's saying is is when it comes to choosing people uh, who are going to take some responsibility uh, it's very important that we're selecting the right people very important that we are selecting the right people. And this is uh, what we're saying in chapter 3. Um, one of the things that sometimes happens in church is that, uh, is that we get the wrong people uh, in the wrong jobs. Have you, have you ever noticed that? Uh, sometimes uh, we, we ask for volunteers, don't we? And, uh, and sometimes... <laughs> Uh, People volunteer, but they're not always the right people. And uh, it's really important that when we're selecting leaders, when we're selecting deacons, when we're selecting anybody to any position, um, that actually they're the right people for the job. Um, I mean, one of the things that Nick Cuthbert says in, in his book, How to Survive and Thrive as a Church Leader, he says, one of the most important things that I've done in my life was to come to terms with what I was not good at and realise that it was okay. Come to terms with what he's not good at and realise that it's okay. It goes on later to talk about the fact that very often uh, the times when we're experiencing stress in our lives is when we're trying to do things that we're not very good at. And and the times that we enjoy the roles that we have is when we're doing things that we are actually good at and gifted to, to do. That's when, we, uh, that's when we really uh, find ourselves, isn't it? We think, this is what I was made for, this is what I was created for. Because I can do this. Uh, I'm quite good at this, I can do it. I mean, to say, you know, if, you, uh, if you're not very good at electrics, uh, one thing you shouldn't do is start messing about with them. Uh, it could be quite disastrous. Well, the two people are smiling because just before our uh, open house yesterday, I was fiddling with our coffee machine and I made the uh, the, the mistake of, of plugging the plug into the electricity and it didn't have a back on, I'd been changing the fuse and I wasn't sure if the fuse worked and I plugged it in and my hand came into connection with the live wire and I got an electric shot and I kind of was jumped back and uh, uh, we can laugh because the story had happened but it could have been quite disastrous uh, I might not have been stood here today I might have been 50 and out, (laughs) but I'm 50 and not out, so we can carry on. But, uh, you know, if if you're not good at something, uh, you shouldn't mess about with it, and especially if it's uh, electrics. And Timothy writing uh, to, uh, Paul writing to Timothy, he's talking about selecting the right people uh, for important positions in the church as overseers and deacons. And he says, uh, now it, uh, I'll come after that. Better, he says that uh, the first thing that we might notice is that uh, he talks about overseers and deacons uh, as, as as being men and we kind of dealt with the the men and women issue uh, last last week when we were looking in chapter 2 we have to be reminded that Paul's writing at a particular time and most of the leaders in the church would have been men, but uh, just in case we didn't get it last week, this is what Nigel Wright says he's the principal of Spurgeon's College, he says within the Baptist Union, ministry has been open to both men and women for many years, it's clear that in the New Testament that women have an honoured place in the life of the church women and men may therefore both participate fully in the leadership of the Churches according to their faith, their gifting and their calling from God. So when Paul talks about the fact that an overseer or a deacon has to uh, only have one wife, uh, be the husband of one wife, he's he's talking um, obviously about men, uh, but we uh, read it in, in context of the whole of scripture. Uh, and in context of where we are today, we have leaders who are women in the church. And we celebrate that. And in the Baptist uh, Union of Great Britain, they've been ordaining women for a long time. They've not kept up with some other denominations. But uh, we've seen it as a good and positive thing in church life. And so, selecting the right people. Who are the right people then when it comes to, uh, to leaders? Uh, Paul uh, gives uh, Timothy a kind of list of, uh, of stuff. And uh, he says they must be tested. And then if there's nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. And uh, it is important when we're selecting people that, uh, that we do think about it. That it isn't just a case of, you know, uh, put your hands up, anybody wants to volunteer. That we actually think about what we're doing. And, and very often in church what happens is, is we have systems and we have programs and we have things. And sometimes we don't always stop and think. And in a, in a, in a couple of, uh, in a few weeks time we're going to be uh, selecting deacons. So this is quite an appropriate uh, passage to be looking at. And uh, Paul's saying that uh, in, in, uh, in, in selecting the right people... Um, he talks about uh, some of the some of the the, uh, the the things that people should have. He says, now an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. Must manage his own family well. Um, mustn't be a recent convert. Um, Deacons, likewise, are to be men worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then if there's nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. So, uh, we stop and and we think about, about, you know, uh, as a church, you know, on, on our leadership team, you know, what do we need? It's not just a case of, of filling spaces, but what giftings... You know, what, what, what are we lacking in, in, in leadership? What, what are the areas uh, where we need people to, 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 to be leaders? Uh, you know, where are our strengths and weaknesses? It's important to know uh, what we're good at, and, and also what we're not good at. And sometimes we're not very good at actually uh, admitting that, you know, we're not very good at things. Uh, there's one person in church, uh, he's not here this morning because of the weather... Uh, But he knows I'm I'm no good at at DIY. But he's desperate for me to be good at DIY. And he's he's forever giving me little things and and, and trying to get me to do things. Uh, But I'm just not made that way. Uh, And and, and sometimes we do try to force, you know, square pegs into round holes. And what we need to do is recognise when somebody's got a gifting... And, uh, and make sure that we put people in the right position. So when we're choosing deacons, we look at the diaconate as it is, and we say, where's the strengths? Where's the weaknesses? And one of the things we've been doing in, in our deacons' meetings is looking at strengths and weaknesses and we did it in the when we did the 40 days of purpose last year uh, we, we we looked at uh, at strengths and weaknesses and we came up with some of the areas that we think we need to build upon one of the areas was evangelism we think we need to improve on our on our uh, 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 evangelism in the church so we're looking for uh, uh, you know a deacon that's got a real heart uh, for evangelism notice at the beginning paul says here's a truth where we're saying if anyone sets his heart on being an overseer. We want somebody who's really heart-passionate, somebody who's passionate about these things. So we're looking for people that are passionate about God and about Jesus and about reaching other people. So it's important that that when we're looking at the way that the church is managed, when we're looking at leadership, that we select the right people. And of course, uh, the right people, if we select the right people, they'll be setting the right example. They'll be setting an example. We want uh, leaders in the church that set an example that other people can look at. uh, I'm not saying aren't they wonderful, but people that are actually uh, setting an example of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And again Paul uh, talks about um, how important it is that leaders in the church um, uh, must be above reproach. The overseer must be above reproach, and uh, and again, there's that whole list of of things. And uh, we want to set a good example, don't we, for people to follow as leaders in the church. And uh, as 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 you know, the the way that the church is is managed is uh, is is the leaders, the deacons. They're not in charge either. It's interesting that the way that the Baptist Church works, because a lot of people uh, again imagine it's interesting that the children. When we said who's in charge, uh, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't that surprising that they pointed to me as a minister, really. But somebody was actually shouting at the back, all of us. Because the way that the Baptist church works, of course, is that we do have a minister and we have deacons that look at the day-to-day running of the life of the church. But it is in the church meeting, when the gathered community comes together, that that's where we seek the mind of Christ and that's where decisions are made and that's where the authority lies, And at times we need to remind ourselves of that, that the authority is always in the church meeting. That's where the authority lies, when we come under Christ in the church meeting. And that's why we were saying last week it's so important uh, that people are members of the church. Because um, if you're not a member of the church, you can't take part in the members meeting. And therefore you're not in that place where we actually seek to discern the mind of Christ, to make decisions about where we go as a church. So it's really important that we understand how the church is managed. Uh, I'm not making the decisions, the deacons aren't making decisions. We might have ideas, or we might have visions that we bring, but we bring it to that place where the gathered church meets together. And uh, we talk about it, we pray about it, we might even argue about it. And we need to know that that's okay. It's okay to have a disagreement with somebody. To have a different point of view dangerous thing to say, I know, but it is okay. And we need to learn that as as a family, you know in in my family, I don't know what your family is like, but my family, not everybody always agrees with me. I know it's hard to believe you look at me and you think, Richard, I'm sure everything you say, people just say, oh yeah, that's right we'll do that. But you know, I suggest something in my family and lo and behold (laughs) Sue and the girls don't agree they don't want to go on a ten mile hike, they want to go to the traffic centre and I'm like, but I'm the head of the household. <laughs> I'm the man. not old. No, I'm joking, joking, I'm joking. But you know what I mean? In families, we don't always agree. And so, in a church family, we shouldn't be surprised if, from time to time, there are disagreements. What we have to do, as in the family situation, is learn how to disagree without falling out. We need to respect people and recognise uh, that we're all seeking the same thing. We're all trying to seek the mind of Christ. And we listen to each other in love, um, and we and we debate, and we talk, and we just pray, and then we try to seek the mind of Christ and come to an agreement. And uh, and when the church meeting, that's what we try and do in church meeting. We don't always get it right, uh, but that's what we try to do, and that's where uh, that's how the church is managed. That's how we run, and that's why it's important that we participate. Some people opt out because they don't like to be in a place where there can be conflict. Because if we're honest. None of us like conflict, do we? We don't like it. We, we feel uncomfortable, don't we? When people fall out or there's a disagreement, we feel uncomfortable. And sometimes we'd rather remove ourselves from being in that position. Um, but actually, that's what we're called to do. We're called to follow Jesus and be members. And that's why, in, when we're appointing leaders, that leaders are people that set a, a good example of, of how to work and operate in the church. In the deacons' meeting, sometimes We disagree. Sometimes we might even, you know, hold a completely different opinion. And again, that is okay. Because we want people to be honest and real and, uh, and, and bring to the meeting what they think is okay. But we, we want people to model that life that recognises and follows Jesus. Example. And so we love people and we listen to people and uh, we come to an agreement about what we're going to do. And it may mean that sometimes we have to we have to lay aside, lay aside what we want because other people feel that they've heard something different. And that can be difficult. But that's what leaders are called to do. Leaders are called to be people that can discern um, the will of God. And so we want to be people that are setting the right example. Setting the right example. And then finally, um, serving the right way. Do you notice uh, a couple of times Paul mentions the fact that deacons are to be people and leaders and overseers are to be people uh, that serve? Uh, let them serve as deacons. Let them serve. Um, as a minister, I am a servant of Jesus Christ. As deacons, we are leaders who are servants of Jesus Christ. And again it says, those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. Um, We have a model of servant leadership. It's not like the leadership in the world. You know, the Prime Minister that we saw that lovely picture of, um, you know, if you listen to him speaking, he shouts and he says, this is what we're going to do because this is what I say. And if you disagree with me, uh, you know, you can, you can, you can take a hike. Uh, That's not how we do it. Uh, We have servant leadership. We're here to serve one another. And the way we manage this thing called the church is by having servant hearts. People who are in leadership, but are here to serve. And of course, Jesus um, set this as an example. You know, uh, when he wanted to tell the disciples, when he wanted to teach the disciples, he showed them by, uh, at the last supper, getting down down on his hands and knees and washing their feet. And then he turned to them and he said, you know, know, I'm a leader, but I've just washed your feet. Go and do the same thing. Paraphrasing it. Uh, go and do likewise. That's what we're called to do. To serve one another. And uh, as leaders in the church, um, we want people that can serve. That have that servant heart. And of course, these things that Paul writes to Timothy about, about overseers and deacons, they don't just apply to overseers and deacons. Because the overseers and deacons are people who have been selected out. Really, these things apply to all of us. Because each one of us is called to be a servant of Jesus Christ. Each one of us is called to serve. And one of the exciting things in the life of the church is to find your place where you serve. To find where you fit in. And we're going to be doing that uh, later on in, in the year. Uh, we're going to be thinking about how we, how, we, uh, how, how we find our place in the life of the church. And if you're not serving, it means that you need to find out where there might be a space, there might be a, a place for you, something that, that's not been done, because you're the person that's gifted and God's waiting for you to step forward and offer yourself in service. So there we have it. Um, it's about uh, selecting the right people, it's about setting an example, and it's about serving the church is managed. We come under the headship of Jesus Christ. He's in charge. Um, and we manage the church in relationship to Jesus. We do it through uh, deacons and leaders and minister. We do it through the church meeting. We do it through church members. We do it in partnership and under the umbrella of a wider body. We're connected Um, to other Christians in this area, in the wider area and nationally in the country and of course overseas uh, through the Baptist Missionary Society and other agencies uh, that we are involved in we're part of this big picture and it's exciting to be um, the people of God but we're here in this place in Lum and we're here to serve the people of Lum in this community and to serve one another